Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very honored that you're listening to the Paul Leslie Hour, episode number 400. Joe Ely is one of those artists that has written and sung about all of the topics that make up what we call life. A singer, songwriter, as a performer, he's done thousands of shows. And as a recording artist, he's released many critically acclaimed albums. This new one is called Love in the Midst of Mayhem. He's been called one of the best singer-songwriters of our time. So, for all of you who are listening, I'm glad that you're here. And Joe Ely, it's an honor. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much. So, what's been on your mind? You have this new album, Love in the Midst of Mayhem. What are your thoughts? Well, you know... The times that we're living in are like none that I've ever seen before in my life. And the first, well, the first couple of weeks, I was kind of, uh, you know, we we didn't go anywhere and everything. Pretty soon, it started. The whole weight of the whole situation started becoming apparent, and uh, and I started digging through old files and new things that uh, notebooks and and everything and and looking at all the things that I had worked on that I'd never that I'd kind of dropped along the way everything from you know years ago to just days ago and and I started seeing a pattern and and uh, and I kind of combined it with what the times we were and and how much uh, what people needed, and and it seemed to come down to people needed a lot of love to to uh, get them through. And uh, so I compiled kind of a list of love songs, and uh, and released them just recently. It's a great collection of songs, and I have to say, it's such a great title for an album, Love in the Midst of Mayhem. It's great. Yeah, we we wanted to find uh, some words that, that kind of told about the times, and uh, the word mayhem has always been a mystery to me, because it uh, just looking at the word, it's spelled differently than it, a little differently than you think it would be, and then... Uh, and then the definition of it can be really broad, you know. And since it's kind of it's a global situation we're in, I thought the uh, the word mayhem really uh, fit with the times. I should tell all the listeners out there: this is a, a, it's a nice number. This is episode four hundred, and this was something that was it was not. It was not planned at all. It was a coincidence, but every hundred episodes, the guest has been from Texas. <laughs> For example, number one was Willie Nelson. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. I can remember episode number 200 was Billy Joe Shaver. Number 300 was Robert Earl Keene. And now we have you, a man from Texas. What does Texas mean to you? Well, 
You know, the first thing I think of is space. It's when I kind of grew up, I always kind of felt like I needed to fill up that space. And the best thing to fill space up with and where I was growing up was uh, Texas. And, and uh, it was, uh, you know, because music can fill up space. I, I As a kid, I used to listen to uh, you know, the, the car radio that was kind of our source of music. And when I was old enough to get a driver's license, we'd, we'd pack a bunch of kids into a uh, my, my friends and into a car and go out in the middle of a cotton field and turn the radio on and pick up Mexico, the Acuna, Mexico, uh, that was 347 miles from Lubbock, Texas. And, uh, that was our source of music. We'd hear the Wolfman Jack from, uh, down in Del Rio doing his show. And then the Louisiana Hayride over in, Louisiana and you know all of these things were were our sources of music and it's actually where I learned songs from and everything because I couldn't afford to buy anything so so I listened to them on the radio and brought a you know a pad and a pencil and wrote down titles and wor- words and everything that was my my main source who do you think the best songwriters of our time are? The best? Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> that's a big question. <laughs> that's uh, I'd put right at the top. I'd put my friend Butch Hancock because of his uh, just unique way of blending words and situations and uh, the stories that he tells. You know, and uh, oh boy, I'd. Of course, Bob Dylan would be uh, right up there. A lot of, uh, of course, Woody Guthrie would would be in that in that list, and there that that just is too big of a subject. I, <laughs> I'd, have yeah. to, I'd have to come back to it later. There's so so many that uh, some songwriters are, you know, the best in their genre and. And that's a whole different world there. Well, working our way back to the album, I wanted to talk about one song in particular, Soon All Your Sorrows Be Gone. What a song. I mean, to me, it it almost has a, a, a religious feel to it. Tell us about that one. You know, that song has followed me around. I'm surprised that uh, I, I really don't know when I wrote it or anything or I, I think I wrote it in pieces I first remember it from New York City in about 1972 I guess and uh, I think that's when I started it and I was living in uh, old downtown the old Astor Place Theater and uh, Joseph Papp's Festival Theater is living in a in a prop room in New York and at the Astor Place Theater and and came up with just a kind of a sketch of that song and carried it with me and added and subtracted all the way to this present day 
and uh, I guess it's it's the most reworked and re-edited song that I that I have in my repertoire. And it was almost like I was afraid to record it because I didn't want to take away from it, you know. And I, I hadn't I hadn't completely come to grips with the melody yet. And it was during that time, uh, right after that, I flew back to Texas and and joined Ringling Brothers Circus. And it was about that time that uh, I brought it out again, and then I brought it back and out again in the uh, 90s. And so it's got a long story. And uh, I, I think because I, when I recorded it, I tried to put too much on it, and I had to re-record it again and take it take away because the uh, lyrics had to be in the forefront it's a great song your heart and soul overflow soon all your sorrows be gone heart and soul and your sorrows be gone overflow and you never know heart and soul and your sorrows become overflow And you're never alone So is it is it going is it starting to feel normal this this time we're in this isolation has have you started to adapt to it at all No I can't really adapt to it it's Whenever I adapt to it, I kind of open my eyes and look around and say, well, let's, uh, let's, I've just never seen such a time. It's a global time. You know, you usually think of, oh, like storms or something is, uh, you know, they come and they go and, and, but this, because it's everywhere, that's the hard part to, wrap your arms around so yeah it's you know it just kind of took over silently and now it's uh i guess i'm about to uh realize what it is but uh i think working on this album i think that uh i think that made me uh, uh get a little better grip on it all hmm. well apart from working on the album has there been any one thing that has helped you get through, has helped you ad- somewhat adapt to the current climate of what's going on? I, I think it. I think it's working on music, you know, finishing songs that I started you know, a couple of years ago. But I believe that uh, working on music is what has uh, really kind of saved me from going <laughs> completely batty, you know. Uh, it watching because anytime a song becomes closer to being finished, I'm, uh, you know, I get closer to it and it gives me kind of an insight on where I'm at in my life. And, uh, and also pulling in all the, uh, all the inspirations from, from different periods of my life through song and through, uh, you know, through writing and keeping, always kind of kept a, uh, a, oh, well, I guess you'd call it a 
Tenebra Diary that I started back in the back in the sixties when I was uh first became interested in writing songs. I played music oh before that, but it was really when I started writing songs that gave me the insight to uh to be able to go backwards in time and see exactly where I was during a certain period of my life. So you would say writing is a, almost a therapeutic thing for you? Oh, very much so. It's uh, to- total therapy. I, I don't know where I'd be uh, without that outlet. Uh, because especially when, you know, combining lyrics and melody, that's a tricky, tricky part. And And this new record... I used a whole different set of chords than I usually do on putting a record together. And uh, more, I kind of freed myself up and and instead of doing kind of my basic three-chord song that I kind of started out doing, I'm, I'm able to expand it out and kind of orchestrate it more and it gave me more tools to work with. And it was also just fun to... Uh, to start using different chords for melodies and uh, see how they related to this certain batch of songs that I found. It might be difficult, but when you think of all the songs on this album, not necessarily your favorite, but if you could have one song to kind of present the album, what song would that be? Uh-huh. Uh, I think it might be a real simple little two-minute song called All You Are Love, a song that I wrote together with my Flatlander friends, Butch Hancock and and Jimmy Dale Gilmore. And uh, it has a simple story, uh, I mean, simple telling of a love song. And it's very short and precise, and it has everything just kind of came together on, on that song, and that was... One of the uh, one of the first ones when I was putting songs together, that was one of the first ones that uh, just made me stop and rethink it all, and then kind of rewrote the middle verse and and uh, and found a direction for the melody, and and uh, that I believe was one of the that one and. Uh, Soon all your sorrows be gone. Those two are, were kind of the cornerstones of this record. It might not mean much to you, babe, but it means the world to me. Just a simple touch of your hand tells me what love can mean. In moments like this, when you are near and I see so far whatever you say whatever you see I love you for all you are all you see all you feel all you are love Did you have any realizations 
or any, uh, like, I guess you could say, was there anything that, that you, you found you learned about yourself or you learned about the world from finishing this album? Yeah, I think, I think the record just helped me personally, uh, overcome the fear that was, that is all around us right now with, uh, this global pan, I call it a global pandemic, but, uh, <laughs> it stopped, it made inconvenience to everyone in a huge degree and now killing millions. So, uh, you know, I think just stopping in my tracks and realizing all of that helped me overcome the fear because all of a sudden here was something that I could share with, uh, with my friends and my family. And, you know, I think that took me over kind of over that wall of fear and let me open me up to where I could, uh, you know, say or, or do anything. That was a, that was a milestone. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought up fear on your website, which all the listeners can go to ely.com, E-L-Y.com. There was something on there that it really grabbed me. And you, you had, it was a quote from you. You said, we need to turn fear into a positive thing to put the world back together. Did I say that? <laughs> I agree with it. So I guess I said it. Uh or at least set it inside. Well, yeah, overcoming fear is is a uh, is a difficult task, but uh, it's the first step in uh, in kind of starting starting up things that you might have left behind because of fear. And once you open up the door, it lets the uh, lets you know, the light come back in to the room. And uh, that was a big step in in actually selecting the songs for this record and uh, and then uh, sitting down and placing the ideas and replacing some of it I had to replace. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, been a process and I'm already starting on... Uh, already starting on the next record from this series and spending the last week or so ever since I finished, uh, the, uh, love record, I've been gathering other songs that, uh, finishing them, uh, lyrically. Wow. So, uh, I, I guess it, uh, I've, I've kind of found an outlet and I'm hanging on to it, hmm. <laughs> you know, and then letting it go when it's ready. You're really making the most of things. Trying to, because uh, otherwise I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> well, once this self-isolation thing is over with, what are you most looking forward to? Well, uh, I think just see it. It's it's a big, huge lesson for all of us that uh, we uh, 
kind of have to live in the present tense because that's all we have. This uh, time that we're in now makes us realize that that no matter what's going on, anything can happen at any time. And just to kind of kind of the old uh, the old way of the Buddha, just breathe through it, and you'll uh, it will everything will change, and all times will pass. For anyone who listens to this album, "Love in the Midst of Mayhem," is there something that you want them to get from the experience in particular? Well, kind of, you know, there's nothing like just in particular, but there's a whole bunch of things that add up to, uh, add up to, uh, the whole. And, uh, and I think that's the lesson that I learned and, uh, and also just, uh, keeping that, keeping that in the forefront of our minds, uh, as to, uh, you know, how we have to take it all in and then let it all go. It's kind of abstract, but it, I don't know any other way that, that, that I can say that without, uh, you know, coming to that realization. I always like to give the guests this stage at the end. We'll have people listening from all over. So what would you, Joe Ely, like to say to anyone who's tuned in? Well, just stay strong and and uh, use this time to uh, reflect the things that are important in your life, the uh, and to drop the things that that have no meaning and and uh, and that um, by doing that, you know, windows will open and doors will open, and we'll pull through this crazy time and go on with their lives. Well, Joe Ely, thank you very much for making time. Thanks for talking to us. Well, I certainly appreciate you calling, and I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much, sir. All right. All right. We'll see you. Hang in there. Have a great one. All right. <laughs> you too. All right. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scanning G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.